0: Welcome to Shift, college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. All right, let's get started. So today we've got Shane Bybee from Bybee College Prep on the line, and Shane, if you could introduce yourself and your company, that would be great.
1: Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, uh, Shane Bybee, president of Bybee College Prep. Uh, I run a a boutique uh, college prep company in the suburb of of Dallas called South Lake. Uh, We work Mm -hmm. with about 300 students a year, helping them get their SAT and ACT scores up and and get their college applications organized. And that's that's what we do in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, the centerpiece of the college application.
1: (laughs) Kind of a big part of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, is the common app, right? Yep. And so we'd love to talk about – I mean, so you, you kind of had this topic idea of getting green check marks, right? Yeah. So what, is, what does that mean and why is it hard, right? Is it just filling everything in or mm-hmm. is there more to it than that? It's, it's great. It, it,
1: well, the, what we've seen – so we have a program we call our common app – sorry, our college app camp. And the, yeah. the, the big deliverable on college app camp is that when students walk out on that last day, they've got their common app set up. That means they've got an essay done. They've gone through and they, and, and when we talk with parents about it, you know, parents get frustrated uh, because the student, from a student's perspective, they, they know college is out there. They want to go to college and they know there's a ton of stuff they have to get done. And there is. There's a bunch of stuff they have to get done to make all of that happen what they have a problem with is figuring out where to start with that they know they need to get letters of recommendation but how do i get letters of recommendation they know they need to take the sat and you know that whole process and and so much of education nowadays is we're not going to hold your hand through this and then the people who say that proceed to hold their hand through it right but the the common app really does one of the things we stress to students is green check marks um, they don't. So Common App. Let's start. I guess we need to start with what Common App is, just in case you know there's some people who are hearing this and don't really understand that process. The Common right. App, CommonApp.org, is a platform where over a thousand schools allow students to apply to those schools through that platform. So it's one platform where students right. can put in their information, and then they can apply to up to 20 schools out of that that a catalog of, of a thousand or so that they have. And it's it's right. most of your big players are in there, right? They're the the you yeah your yeah. state schools, that kind of thing. Now that Georgia has decided to get on the common app, most of your big players are in there. Um so the um the common app is there and it it is a lot. There's a lot of questions on there that students don't really know they're going to get asked. You know, one of the funny ones we hear every year is um, it'll say counselors. Your who is your who is your your high school counselor and what is their job title? And kids look at right. us and they're like, "It's counselor, isn't it?" Like it's such a simple question. They're, they feel like it should be self-explanatory. And what that 17 year old doesn't understand is that there are schools that might have 75 I have a friend of mine who who works at a private school that has like 75 students total. And so in addition wow. to being the the sophomore junior and senior English teacher, he's also a college counselor for that group of students that are moving through that year, their senior year, because he's going to work with them. So his his title is you know English department chair. That's his job title. So if the unit, if when the I, you know, I don't know on the back end of it what it looks like, but that's why they're wanting to know. They're like wanting to make certain that that person's job title lines up with what they're likely to see down the road. For most students, and it's probably 90% of students, right? That The school counselor's job title is counselor. That's their job title. Right. But there are those, there's little quirks like that. There's other demographic information that universities want to know. They want to know your parents' education level. They want to mm-hmm. know, and that, you know, why do they need to know that? That's for later on whenever um, schools want to go back in and do research about what what things correlate with student success. Like one of the things we know right now that correlates with student success is mother's educational level. If the mother graduated from college, the student is a lot more likely to graduate from college. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Mm
0: -hmm. But we,
1: we wouldn't know that unless at some point there had been something out there that had asked for that piece of data. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that Common App does. So the way Common App is structured, when students go into it and they start filling things out, it's really simple. And we tell our students, get green check marks. If you look out, so as as a student completes a section on Common App, it will put a green check mark, just standard thing that you would see, a green check mark uh, out beside that section telling you it's completed. If a section doesn't have a green check mark, then there's something in that section they still need you to complete, whether mm. it's getting letters of recommendation, whether it's getting, um, uh, putting your essays in, uh, maybe there's essays are a tricky thing too on Common App as well because um, Common App has the main essay that that it, that your students have to mm. do that not all not all schools require, not all schools are going to require that, but a lot of schools also have supplemental essays that they require. So you may have the main essay that you have to do but then there may be some supplemental writing that you have to do for the school as well. And so if you if you don't have a green check mark beside that then that means you still have to complete those essays.
0: Right? Yeah, so then tell me about like what are the main components that people are gonna have to tackle when they're going through their common app, right? Like and, and what are usually the parts what are the things that people need to plan ahead for? And then what are the time consuming pieces? So
1: I, I in our process we we tell the student we want the student to take charge of it, really the student to be mm-hmm. the driver on it, but we also tell them to have a um a sticky note out beside them as they're filling it out and make a note of things that they need access to. Um that they want they want to have that they know hey, I'm gonna have to ask Mom and Dad about this or I'm gonna have to ask my counselor about this, something like that um, the ones that can be difficult, I guess the one that is probably the most confusing is the letters of recommendation because most parents applied to college at a time when you had to have a letter when you went to someone, you gave them a addressed stamped envelope. Um, and, and they wrote the letter of recommendation and sent it off to the university. And that's just not what happens anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays, When the, after the person puts the uh, recommender's name in the, uh, into and their email address with their job title and all that into Common App, all of the communication is then going to happen through Common App. The student is no longer a, a, a part of that process. And so mm-hmm. parents, parents have the perception that they have to, t- to give all this information over because that's the way we did it. But really mm-hmm. with the digital platform, it's all going to be handled through email. Um, and it's not just a letter. A common app asks, it's like four or five different categories that they ask the teacher to rate the student's ability on. And right. then, and then they, they provide a place for this, the teacher to upload uh, the text from a letter of recommendation um what you can still evaluate on that is you can still look and see if the letter's been completed and 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 you can see when the letter was submitted you can also see when the letter was downloaded by the university so you can get that information mm-hmm. that that way that's probably it's the most time consuming in that the student needs to go and make the request to the teacher the student has to put the information in um and we coach kids. This is we coach kids on a process for it. Um, any teacher who's been doing really junior level classes in high school is prepared for the fact that they're going to be asked for those recommendation, and most sophomore yeah. teachers yeah. are as well. We literally, we actually tell our students that they need to ask those teachers that they're going to plan to ask in mm-hmm. May of their junior year, and most students aren't thinking about it that far in advance. But we we tell them after AP tests are over, go by and visit with the teacher and say, you know, I'm going to be working my college applications this summer. Uh, I'd love for you to write a letter of recommendation on my behalf. Would you be able to do that? And the teacher's going to tell them yes or no, usually yes. And the teacher's going to tell them um, what their process is. I've had colleagues, I have one friend who, because he has 190 students on his roles, he tells his students, look, um, you have to have... You have to apply for me to write a letter of recommendation. I'm going to write about 60 of them. And, <laughs> yeah, um, 60 total, is still a
0: ton. And a ton. I, mean, I don't think he gets paid for that. Right? No, he doesn't
1: talk about that in a second. Yeah, but he says just to apply, you have to qualify under one of these three conditions. And he, he specifies those. And then they have to go onto a Google form and complete a Google form to apply for him to write the letter of recommendation for him. And then he decides who he's going to write them for.
0: Um, wow. But that's yeah, a way I of always wondered it. about that because I'd imagine that um, there's probably a lot of teachers out there that are very popular mm-hmm. that get a lot of requests. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, and, and they have um, and and the things you know from the the teacher's perspective, the students don't understand is all of those requests are going to have very similar deadlines, right? They're going to have like a November first or December first kind of deadline, and so if mm-hmm. a student walks in the first of October and asks a teacher about that, the student feels like I'm giving you a month. But the teachers got all these that are stacking up with that same deadline. And so, right. And they have
0: a job and a life. And in the middle of that, they're
1: they're trying to teach a new set of students. They're trying to uh, do all that stuff. So, yeah. And those letters have to be written outside of contract time. There's really not time in the school day to do them. And so if you mm-hmm. want one done well, you have to do it. So we we, have, we coach our students on how to prepare a cover letter and a resume and all of this stuff to help the teacher that really almost gives the teacher things to write about. I mean, I've, I've seen horrible, yeah. I've seen bad stories where a teacher had basically a form letter for every kid. Well, that's not going to help. The, the kid who's applying to, you know, uh, to. I'm, I'm wearing my Texas Tech hat, so I'll, I'll bag on my own school. If you're applying to Texas Tech, the letter of recommendation at Texas Tech is mostly so they can confirm you're not going to burn the dorm down. That's, that's mm-hmm. really the – were you able to find some adult who uh, could, could speak on your behalf? Uh, the letter to a Harvard or a Yale or Carnegie Mellon, right? Those letters, they really are very concerned with how is this person going to mix with everybody else we've got. So that letter really needs to help the student stand up and cast a shadow. And mm-hmm. um, so thinking about it that way, so that's probably as far as time consuming, it's going to take the longest bars because the student has no control over it. Other right. things are just tedious. Uh, having to go in and probably the most tedious element is uh, recording extracurricular activities because you can mm-hmm. record up to um, uh, I think it's t- 10 or 15 extra, I think it's 10. Yeah, I think it's
0: like at least 10. Yeah,
1: and but they don't want to know just like what you did and a little description of it. They want to know how many hours a week was it? How many hours total was it? Those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. And, And so kids have to go through and calculate that. Again, the good thing about the Common App is you typically just have to do that once. And that's why when we have a student who can apply via Common App, we encourage them to do so. Um right. schools actually sign a commitment that they will not give a preference over one an application from one platform over another as a part of it. So right. they're not gonna say, oh well, you applied to Common App and we'd prefer you to use our own application, that kind of stuff. Um, I did read some data. I've got to go through. Yeah, there's Commonab. no, there's
0: no real like, incentive for them to do that either, right? Because no. the whole thing with Common App is it's just making it easier for people to apply to your exactly. school, mm-hmm. which is what you want. Yep. So yeah,
1: and and I, I just Common App just dumped some data last week. I need to go back through and read through. But that one of their sales pitches to universities is I want to say it's like a fourteen percent increase that their members. The first year after they join Common App, see like a fourteen percent increase in the numbers of applications that they receive. So, being right. on the platform definitely moves up the number of applications. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of incentive for colleges to do it, and it's they they they're growing by a hundred or so every year. Um, and then it's yeah. it does it makes it easier because you have to business. put the demographic stuff in once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you only have to put the the information once. The demographic stuff is the most tedious, uh, and and there's mm. other things in it like they they. They want to know – Apply Texas did this. I think Common App still does it, that they want to know, like, your parents' education level, like I said earlier, about the demographic Uh stuff. And a lot of times, kids have never really thought of, I think my mom has a master's degree. But, you know, the average – really and truly, the average 16-year-old, 17-year-old, when you say they have a master's degree, the kid – the average kid doesn't actually know what that means. There's plenty of kids that do, so don't get me wrong. There's plenty of kids that understand that you go and you get a bachelor's degree, and then after that, you attend grad school and get a master's degree, and then you might work toward a doctorate. Plenty of kids do get that, but on average, the average kid doesn't really think, haven't really thought that through and what that means. Right. So they'll they'll kind of assume, yeah, I think they have this, or I think they have that. But um, I've had students that whose parents were, you know, licensed attorneys and they told me that they had a, they had a bachelor's degree. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure they've got more than a bachelor's degree. Um, right. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually kind of cool because it does spark that conversation with parents, mm-hmm. you know, about what, what do you have? What degrees do you have? And then we have, we work with a lot of students whose parents were educated overseas. And so we have a mm-hmm. conversation about that too, that, what the differences in the educational system.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And then talk to me also about the essays, right? Like, so I mean, with the letters of recommendation, I definitely think you covered really well how to kind of get set yourself up for success there. How do you set yourself up for success with the essays? The
1: essays are another tricky part about it, because it's it's, it's a type of writing students aren't familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of great books out there. Um, I think she's updated a book called Escape from Essay Hell, which is about college mm-hmm. essays. Uh, there's a guy called The College Essay Guy out of California, out of your your neighborhood over there in California, where um, uh, Ethan has a lot of great free information on his website mm-hmm. about um, how to write the college essay. But the college essay is not a five paragraph. This is why I've always wanted to be a doctor or this is why i've always wanted to be a lawyer essay it's Mm -hmm. it it is the only opportunity a student has to speak for themselves in the application process and um our approach to it is to try to be authentic as much as possible Mm -hmm. because our approach to the call we want our students to find places where they're going to thrive where they're going to do well and if they're going to – it's not just about getting into the great school. It's about getting into a school where mm-hmm. you can be great. And so it, it, they're better off finding that school that's a good match and then letting the process work itself out for that. Um, so the essay needs to be authentic. And there's a way we structure We have a framework that we, sh- we show students to create that helps you avoid being formulaic. It also helps you um, – speak for yourself and, and, and say the th- and go over the things that the admissions office wants to know. Uh, so it's kind of a narrative and a reflective sort of essay, which is tricky about it. Um, the reality is, so one of the crazy parts about the essays that people aren't aware of is that you're really your schools that are seeing 50, 60,000 applications. Mm. Um, those essays are most often never read on campus. A friend of mine likes to talk about how those essays are read by Carol in Topeka uh, and Carol uh, picks up seasonal work um, from, you know, November through February where she reads essays for colleges and scores oh. them on a rubric that the, that the college has given them. But it's very unlikely anybody on campus is really going to go through it. and she's going to score it and they're going to use that score to make their determination. On average, uh, the, the last number I saw was the, was seven minutes. Uh, an, an admissions officer spends an average of seven minutes on any particular individual's file. So if you think about that, they're not really looking at the essays. That admissions officer, it's very unlikely that they because they can't. There's just no way there's enough time. Um, uh-huh. Now, there are plenty of schools that do, but that really is kind of the aspect of the essay. So the essay has to be hitting certain points very quickly, very succinctly that make it simple for the reader to digest. You're not trying to create, write a poetry. You're not trying to write some amazingly connected thing because even that reader, if it's an outside reader, that reader has a certain number of essays. They're, they're not getting paid. They're getting paid. I don't know. Maybe they're getting paid by the essay. Maybe they're getting paid by the hour. I don't know, but they're getting paid to complete a certain number of essays, a certain catalog of essays. And so they're trying to get through those. And uh, it, it, a lot of students will walk in thinking, Oh, I've got to tell this compelling story about what makes me unusual. And you don't. You just have to tell the story about what makes you, you. That's it. You are who you are. And we've given you this recipe for college success that everybody follows the same recipe and and then, and then demanded that you do things that make you unique. But you've done everything the same way everyone else has done them. So they know that. What they're looking for is can you communicate? Can you be coherent in an essay? And that's where students get bogged down. They think that this essay has to be they, – they almost put too much pressure on themselves about the essay. Uh, and right. so, again, we have a process where we we work with them of just – we saw it a lot this last summer, more than we have in the past, which I think it is somewhat COVID-related, that um, the kids are kind of – they they've – let's face it, the school year 2020 uh students copy and pasted their way through school that year. Because school was online, because all the tests were open notes. And so my group of kids that went through last summer came through that without really having to write an essay on their own. And they were really afraid to do it. So but getting them just to get ideas on the page and understand that most of writing is editing. That most of what you're going to do is fix what you wrote, but let's get the ideas on the page that we can start working with. It has been really one of the big challenges for kids because they they think that they just have to throw it up and it has to be perfect the first time they put it on the page and it's not even going to be close.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. I think what's interesting, so I have heard people give advice that is like, you need to talk about what's unique about you, right? So I'm curious what sort of where where you think the distinction is right because between you know oh i'm you know the the most the biggest frog expert in in dallas area (laughs) versus like uh you know what makes you you right because what makes you you is what makes you unique kind of too so it's a yeah where's the balance there
1: there's a balance And, and you don't have to come up like well we'll talk about uh, one of my good friends, he, he says, had a kid who was saying, um, they want the kid wanted to write about his uh why he always wanted to be a doctor. And his comment was, You would be literally better to write about what you eat for breakfast and why that's what you eat for breakfast every day than you would to be write one more essay for that person. It's about, and the, the whole thing is, there's no such thing as a bad topic, there's just bad essays. So that uh-huh. essay about the time you didn't make varsity and you really decided to buckle down and make varsity the next year and that because of that, you've learned the value of hard work. They've read that essay a few times. So uh-huh. what's going to happen is they're going to see that essay. They're going to know where that essay is headed and they're going to score it accordingly. But if that's your story, tell your story. Just, you, you know,
0: uh-huh. I'm a... I'm a like don't overthink it. Yeah, kind of. I'm a
1: middle-aged white guy living in Dallas in a suburb of Dallas. You know, there's a lot of us here. Um <laughs> <laughs> my story, I got, you know, a couple of kids and, and I've been married for a while. My story's not particularly remarkable if I have to tell my story. So, you just it's not so much is your story remarkable, but are you able to articulate your story is really the biggest part of it. So don't get hung up on that. It, the I remember 15 years ago or so, colleges were talking about how impressed they were that um, so many kids were starting their own businesses. So all of a sudden, we saw this explosion of um, people who filed LLCs for $400 and then hired some guy in India to create a website for $500. And then for less than $1,000, they could make it look like they had started a business. They didn't have to show profit and loss statements. They just had to show, hey, here's the website for my business. About seven or eight years later, it was, um, we're really impressed by all the students who are starting nonprofits. And so all of a sudden, kids were like, I'm going to start a nonprofit. I'm going to, I really want to start a nonprofit. What should I do a nonprofit for? And that's kind of backwards, right? If that's your passion. And and so the the comment is, if, if. The Dean of Admissions in Harvard came out and said they were really impressed by all the kids who went to Guatemala and taught goats to read. The next year, half the applicants would be booking flights and the other half would be hiring social media teams to make it look like they did. That's the world we're in. You can't do that. You can't try to play the game of – so I said a minute ago, you want to tell them the story in a way they can digest it, right? But you can't Mm -hmm. play the game of telling them what you think you want to hear. There was that really famous essay a few years ago a kid wrote about um, get, how how Costco uh, how, is, is a great metaphor for her life. And uh, mm. Business Insider and a couple other pieces took off with it and was, read the essay that got her into Stanford and blah, blah, blah. Well, that essay did not get her into Stanford. Uh, her incredible grades, the fact that she was one of the best students in her class, those are the things that got her into Stanford. The essay right. just helped Stanford confirm that, that she was the kind of student that she wanted. So the essay isn't, you know, this, the line is it's not going to, a good essay could heal the sick, but it won't raise the dead. An essay mm-hmm. isn't going to be the thing that, that brings your application back to life. But if you're kind of on the fence about you, you can tell it can tilt one way or the other. So tell them who you are. Um, tell them what's, you know, you don't have to have some particularly tragic story you have to tell in order to be compelling. You just need to be authentic.
0: Right. And I I have heard good examples. Like you said, oh, I need to start a nonprofit because the Harvard guy said that that's impressive and that's backwards, right? And I I agree with that. (laughs) I think that there's a way to do that forwards though, where if there is something you actually come across or care about mm-hmm. and you feel compelled to do something about it or start a company or a nonprofit or even just volunteering for it without a particular structure, that's all well and good and that's all great to talk about. It's just when you come at it from the goal first, it's mm-hmm. not very genuine.
1: Yeah. That's we stress that a lot to kids. A parent will be like, well, what extracurricular should they be doing? And I'm like, well, what do you love to do? That that needs to be your guiding thing. It's if if we're gonna make this authentic, let's figure it out. Now that's not something you can start doing the summer before your senior year, when you're getting ready to write your applications, right? Um, and you know, the application to Harvard starts in like eighth grade. Uh, it's based mm-hmm. on what students are doing now. It's not to say I don't have students that that apply to Harvard in eleventh grade and get in, but really, I mean, to to have that it's kind more of like that
0: for a lot yeah. of people. It is like that, yeah.
1: So yeah the the, the process is is you know what are you passionate about what are the things you enjoy doing and I, I was thinking about a kid that i worked with several years ago one of my first years to do our, our college app camp actually and she's now an elementary school teacher in in dallas uh school district but uh when she was trying to go to ut ut has a top at that time it was a top 7% role, where if you were top 7% you were automatically admitted to the university you may or may not get the majors now it's top 6%. So top 6% of your graduating class in Texas, mm-hmm. you're your guaranteed admissions to UT, not guaranteed major. And, and she, but UT wanted to know why do you want to study what you want to study? And she and I talked, she's like, I don't know what I want to study. And so we wrote that essay. We, we helped, right. I, I helped her. I was like, well, why not write that? Why not work? I say, we wrote that's a bad way to say it, but uh, why not work on that essay from that perspective? So she and I talked about, you know, Okay, you don't know what you want to do, and you know you don't know what you want to do. What have you done to prepare for that? What? And so she was able to tell that story. Um, mm-hmm. And she got into UT, and uh, she was not a top 7% kid. She was outside the top 7%. She had solid SAT scores, but not huge. But the essay at least didn't keep her from getting into UT, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, just write authentically about who you are. And why you want to do what you want to do, and what the prompt is. And there's plenty of great resources, like I talked about, Ethan and and, and essay hell. There's good essay, good good books out there. You can see about how to do it. Uh, we actually do a free uh, course in, in a couple of different high schools where we go in um, in that dead time after AP tests are over, and we spend a couple of hours uh, up at the high school helping seniors with like, like helping rising, helping juniors at the end of the year. Like here's here's how to structure this essay.
0: Right
1: um, and, and and that kind of stuff. It's 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 a way to do it. Just be authentic about who you are. But it is it's probably on the common app. Back to that green check mark. It is probably the most daunting thing, um, really, because it's the first time kids are going to write and not know who's going to read the essay. For mm-hmm. most kids, they have no clue who's actually going to read this essay down the road. And, you know, before then, it's, the whole saying is when a, when a when you, when the student writes for the world, he wants it to be good. When he writes for his teacher, he wants it to be good enough. And mm-hmm. and that's different, you know. So there's a lot of pressure on him to do it. But essay, letters of yeah. recommendation, those, that essay is the most daunting by far. Demographic mm-hmm. stuff is just tedious. And then letters of recommendation, mm-hmm. they just don't have a lot of control over.
0: Right. And any other pieces of the Common App you wanted to highlight today or is that kind of covering That's, most of it? Uh, the
1: Common App itself, the other tricky part can be the supplementals because different universities will have different supplemental essays they have to write. They, they ask you to write and you have to pay attention to that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, a lot of schools have the Why Us essay and the, the you know, Why Do You Want to Go to Our School. And what they're mm-hmm. looking for on that essay is twofold. Looking for like what specific programs are you hoping to participate in and then how are you going to make our school better? Like, What are you going to do? that helps our school while you're here.
0: Right. Those can be tricky. And they're yeah, usually short sense. too.
1: They're usually 150 words or so, real short essays.
0: Yeah, and short can sometimes be harder, but I also think that um you know, at least at least you know, the key things to highlight in there mm-hmm. are are going to take up the majority of the space, right? So it's like why this school why, you know, what are you going to do when you get here? Things like that. I think it's really, you know, make sure you touch on those key points.
1: It's how, how, are, how are we going to make you better? But how are you also going to make us better?
0: Exactly. Great. Well, thanks so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Shane Bybee from Bybee College Prep. And you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course for free by visiting achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast to save 10%.